0: Hey everybody, Daniel from Camp here. Hey, before we start this week's episode, um, where we take a lot of time, Andrew and I take a lot of time to talk about the challenges of this year, specifically with the pandemic and then again with the derecho storm, I just want to say how grateful and thankful we are for all the wonderful support that we've received at Camp Iodesica this year. Your support has been phenomenal in a year where we've faced great challenges, um, from your prayers and kind words and letters of support that we've received at the camp to the donations and gifts that we've received, not just the financial contributions, which have been amazing, uh, but also the gifts of supplies and in gatherings and and, uh, gifts in kind, all those things that go a long way to making sure that we can operate and operate safely this year to what extent we can. And I just want to express my thanks from all the camp staff uh, to you Uh, for supporting Camp Ayodiceka in this difficult year. As we end 2021, we know that these same areas of support that have carried us through 2020 are key for us going forward until we get to the point where we know that we can return to normal, where we can do summer camp as we know and love it, as we can do retreats as we know and love them and are able to serve all our guests that way. Until then, we know that we need those same areas of support, from volunteering and helping out and improving our camp, to gifts in kind, gifts for certain projects, uh, supplies that help us to operate, and of course financial contributions. All these areas are the ways which God is carrying us through this difficult time and these challenges to get to that point. And your support as we end 2020 is still really key until we get back to that point, so uh, please prayerfully consider supporting Camp Sika in any way you can. Again, there's so many ways to do it—from uh, your prayers and letters of encouragement, which are wonderful, to um, to volunteering your time and efforts here, to giving supplies and uh, for operating and donations as well. Financial contributions also go a long way to ensuring that we stay up and running until we can get back to our mission of providing Christ-centered outdoor education, recreation, and inspiration for all our campers and guests. So we thank you so much for carrying us through this year. Um, For more information, uh, go to our website uh, to learn how you can support Camp Ida We're so thankful for all you people who believe in Camp Ida believe in our mission, and have carried us and continue to carry us into 2021. Enjoy the podcast, and we look forward to being in touch with you all soon. Hey, welcome back to the Campfire Chat. Uh, our goal with the Campfire Chat here at Camp Iida Seca is to bring you news updates, upcoming events, important dates, and information on how you can support and stay involved with Camp Iida Uh Hi, Andrew.
1: Hi, Daniel. How have you been? I'm good. Uh, you know, life's good. Uh, it's been a long time since we've had a recorded conversation. Yeah,
0: yeah is this a call to repentance or something like that? Like, uh,
1: I think this is what, episode five now? This is episode yeah. five, but we've taken about uh,
0: seven or eight months off or so. I think the last recording we released
1: was in April. I mean, I think we've had some good reasons to not be oh, recording yeah. sure. uh, any new episodes, but yeah, it, it doesn't feel like it's been that long since we've been up here recording, but here we are.
0: Yeah, yeah. We're back up in the upper room here. Uh, we took some time to reset up the podcast uh, we even brought the Bob, uh, the fake fire uh, thing, campfire uh, light thing, and that's going. And so, uh, uh, you know, yeah, we're all back in the mood for uh, getting this podcast up and running again. Um, well, yeah, so it's been quite a year here for us at Camp Iodiceka. Uh We uh, uh, definitely went through all the ups and downs that come with a, a year like 2020, and uh, we probably stopped doing this. We we put out a lot of video updates on our Facebook page and the website and so forth and, and through email about all the different decisions that were going on here. And uh, obviously, we ended up having to cancel our resident camp program. We were still able to carry on our mission and, and do day camps and things like that. But we had certainly had quite a crazy spring of trying to figure out, you know, I was thinking back, Andrew, you know, we, we made that decision pretty late, didn't
1: we? Yeah, we were spent a lot of time waiting between um, the American Camp Association and the CDC. They had the packet of information that they kept rumoring that they were coming up with for guidelines to, or to do summer camp. And it's like we waited until I think tail end of March, if not later.
0: No, no, no. it, or, was, it was it was supposed to come out May first. Well, they released like a decision tree.
1: Oh yeah, that's yeah.
0: And then they said we'll release the like this field guide in at the beginning of may like may 1st it was due and uh, then we got the field guide on like may 15th straight from the ACA and the CDC didn't want to recommend going and having summer camps i th- i think and i i mean i knew when we got that field guide it was it was pretty thick
1: Yeah, it was like just a section you handed me to read was a solid 30, 40, 50 pages. Yeah. And that was just based on programming. It had nothing to do with facilities or anything else. It was just camp programming.
0: Yeah. There were so many factors that go into the decision of not having overnight camp. Um, You know, we weren't able to do... What were some of the things that we weren't able to do, Andrew, about, you know, summer camp as we know and love it? What were some of the things that we just weren't going to be able to do?
1: Uh, We weren't going to be able to do any of the old camp games. Yeah. Like, basically, any intermixing of groups, essentially, the cabin groups was just completely thrown out the window right away. And, like, even, even sleeping with your cabin group overnight, we would have had to completely overhaul... Uh, the bunk beds and everything and get like barriers placed everywhere and the spacing would have to change. And is there's just just a lot of stuff we would have had to do in a short, like three weeks or something like that. uh, Yeah. Get those once these guidelines came
0: out and it wasn't just, you know, there were certain, there were activity areas they had, you know, best practice, better practice, you know, (laughs) default practice and then like bad practice or something like that. And basically most of the ways in which we run camp is bad practice or something like that. Not a best practice at all. And, and you know, we, we did do, we did take several steps to even just pull off what we did, you know, from keeping food safety and and, and keeping our kitchen staff and, and summer staff safe um, to, you know, keeping kids in groups and pods, you know, they essentially had their their group of kids for the week. I mean, we we did implement lots of things uh, in order to do what we did for the day camp program that we did, Uh, but there were still so many other factors that go into, as you talked about, cohorting or the sleeping in the same area, Um, you know, there were just so many things to consider that we knew that trying to pull all of these off was just not going to happen in in the window of time uh, that we could do it and and it you know to be fair it we know a lot more now about the virus we know a lot more about how it you know, we got to see from some other camps there were some other camps in the country that did have some outbreaks although not it wasn't a very common occurrence and there were still some camps across the country that did do um, you know summer camp and tried to do it. some camps had outbreaks uh, some camps made it through just fine and uh, you know w- you know we, we were able to implement a lot of prerequisites too. Um, do you remember what some
1: of those were? Yeah we uh, had a completely different um, well maybe not completely different but we had additions to our health forms uh, basically it's like if you traveled out of the state we wanted like at least two weeks between, when you returned and coming to camp and we wanted a two weeks worth of temperatures uh, recorded to make sure that no one was running a temperature. Um, uh, A question that we've always asked on our health forms is, have you been feeling ill in the last like week or so? Um, But we've just added emphasis on that one. Um, And if anyone had any symptoms, obviously we wouldn't let them stay. We're also doing temperature checks on every single Camper that got dropped off, and we every did day, every yeah. day, yeah, every day we did with day campers. Um, before we would let them get out, it's like and join the, the group. We would have temperature checks, and then the summer staff had to get temperature checked every single day, and we had them socially distance from each other <laughs> during the week. Uh, the amount of pictures that I got from the staff of them watching like a movie or something together in Omega Lodge. Where they're sitting with their co-counselor for the week and then they're just completely spaced from everybody else. And it just looks like, you know, if a movie theater is completely empty, how people normally default sit away from everybody else. It's like that's basically what it looked like for everything and including meals. Like we filled the whole dining hall and activity hall. We took the whole space to eat meals and counselors like are yelling across the room at other counselors having a (laughs) conversation. While we're having uh, supper and stuff like that.
0: Yeah, so we had we did day camp and, and then the counselors for day camp we, we had two counselors per cabin, and uh, and so those counselors were essentially the person they got to hang out with for that week, and so they weren't able to really have close contact with the other staff, um, and so and and that's what Andrew's talking about here is, you know, so we didn't have overnight camp, but we were busy all day, and then after supper is done, so the kids go home. We had a staff meeting right before supper, I think, a lot of times, or right after supper. Yep. And then they cleaned up supper, and then they actually had to go and clean camp because that was one of the other challenges that, you know, is just the sanitary requirements of keeping the camp clean on a daily basis. Um, you know, we would have—that was that was a trick because every day we're supposed to go and really clean the camp and make sure everything's uh, safe and, and sanitary for for all the guests and people who are coming for day camp— and uh, and so yeah, the, the staff definitely had to uh, uh, spend time just by themselves or with their with their counselor buddy. Um, what other things did they have to do on staff this summer that might have been different from from past uh, past summers?
1: They had to account for hand washing between every single activity. Um, we did every I want to say every like hour hour and 15 minutes they would, go so each cabin group had their own bathroom that was unique to them for the whole week that this cabin group was there and they could only wash and go to the bathroom in that bathroom so they would before meals between activities it's like they would go they'd wash their hands and then they'd go back out and I remember asking some campers like what's the favorite part of your day and then one can's, uh, camper told me, it's just like, well, I liked all of it, but it's just like, we wash our hands a lot. <laughs> and it's just like, yeah, it just kind of hitsy. It's just like, yeah, we washed our hands like 10% of the day at camp was hand washing as far as the schedule is concerned.
0: Yeah. Um, and And, you know, one of the other joys that we got to do in addition to doing day camp this summer is... Um, and we're so thankful for all the people who did donate uh, some or all of their uh, deposit and camp fees. I think almost two thirds of the people of campers donated that were that were able to donate their deposit or fees did did so, and to some extent, and we are super thankful for that. That allowed us. It didn't just allow us to operate the summer; like it literally gave our summer staff jobs. It gave them something to do without. People donating those deposits, we would not have had the ability to, you know, quite frankly, we were talking about the potential when we when we started the summer. We said, okay, we guys have, you have jobs for June, but then we're trying to see, you know, will people sign up for July? Will we get families to come out? Because we allowed those families that did donate that deposit to come out for a family day pass, essentially, and bring their immediate family and just have a fun day out here at camp. And so that was really special. It was fun to do, uh, to finally dedicate some time to family ministry. Uh, but, uh, um, you know, talk about, talk about the family day pass a little bit and, and what we got to do with that.
1: Yeah, so the family day pass was a great thing that we did. Uh, we didn't do it right away in the summer, but we definitely did it through all of July and tail end of June. Um, I want to say we had about 185 or so people. Uh, do that and it was great um some some families that had multiple deposits that they uh, donated to camp they asked us is do we do we have to come both times or can we let some other family who's never come to camp iota before come and experience camp for a day and we're like yeah of course so we even got to serve some families that have like never been down here before yeah and they had a great time uh they got to do all the camp activities Basically, packed in a day, we made sure our schedule would work in order to get this done. Um, they got to do archery, canoeing, uh, they'd go on a horse ride. Um, yeah, rock wall and zip line and just all the basically what activities make Camp Bidasica, Camp Bidasica they got to do in yeah. the day that they were here. And they were even asked if the, like, they wanted to join us in our socially distance camp, socially distant <laughs> campfire uh, that we would do at four thirty to end the day campers' day, and they were more than welcome to stay and uh, sing songs and hear the recap devotion of the Bible study for that day, and it was just, it was a great program, and I really think like we're planning on trying to work something yeah. similar like that in the future well, because it's it such a good experience. It
0: was a solution that we kind of came up with on the fly. We were we we had, we talked about. An idea or some way to try to implement it, but you know, we found a really great way to make it work. And and uh, yeah, some families. I think the one family came back four times uh, because they had that many deposits down. And then like we had many families even just come and join Camp Ida Seca for the very first time. And so it was definitely special to do that. Andrew, you uh, you brought up horses too, and uh, we didn't have horse camp this summer, but we did get a reduced number of horses in. Because uh, I did have a deposit down for, for horses, you know, before COVID started. And I said, well, you know, um, it, it was still a fun feature to have here this summer. And so well, we weren't able to have horse camp. We still got to enjoy them and have them ride here. But, you know, it just goes again to show that, you know, we're so thankful to everybody who was able to come out to day camp. And for all of you people who did donate uh, in one way or another to to for us to do our summer camp in what capacity we could because you know it's not just to the benefit of us as a camp and us you know keeping our lights on but it gives us mission and purpose it gave our summer staff jobs and meaningful jobs and it allows continuity to happen here which is really important to an organization like ours so we're so thankful for everybody who supported us who was able to come out this summer um you know despite all that is going on in the world we're just so thankful that that we were able to have your support. And so thank you guys very much for that. And, and that's kind of a summer recap. And then, Andrew, um, then comes Monday, August 10th. And we had a staff meeting. We moved it to that morning. I don't remember why. We had a family reunion here. And uh, at the staff meeting, I said, now that summer is done, I mean, COVID has essentially canceled out our calendar. We maybe had a one group coming out in a couple weeks or something like that. And uh, aside from the family reunion was there, and I said, guys, find easy, inexpensive projects for the next month to keep ourselves busy until the LWML uh, convention. And uh, I, I guess God was listening <laughs> to that. And then we got certainly got hit with the uh, derecho, uh, the storm that came through on August 10th, uh, really across uh, central to eastern Iowa right Right through the heart of the state, and uh, really just left widespread damage and destruction. What do you remember about the the storm?
1: Um, well, that Monday morning, um, we still had the horses that morning. That's right. Yeah, that was the morning that the horses left, and for me, and so it's like in order to like put like an actual like ending to a summer, it's just like to have the horses still there. Yeah, we had the the summer staff left, the campers left already, but we still had the horses. And then when the horses left, it kind of hit me that morning. It's just like, well, summer 2020 is is finally over. And then you kind of have that moment where it's like, it's a little sad, but it's like 2020 was uh, with everything. It's like, it wasn't as summer camp as we know it. And I really do miss a lot of the things that that was, but we had the horses leave and then we have the staff meeting. Daniel says, uh, find something productive to stay busy with for the next three, four weeks. And then we go back to our houses to have lunch. And <laughs> I'm eating chicken alfredo pasta. And then I just hear the wind. And then I hear um, what I ended up finding out was a large section of a tree landing on the porch of the house. And I'm just sitting there looking out the big, like the bay window, just eating my pasta. And I'm like, well, we're going to be busy a lot today. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, so
0: I was at home too for lunch and, and, uh, you know, I, I saw the storm come in. And I think what was surprising is that I think it was like 11, 15 or so we were hearing about the, Oh, Ames lost power. I guess bad storm you know came through. Now Ames is what? 80, 90 miles away, straight line.
1: Two hours, yeah. It's about so. it's a
0: couple hour driving, so maybe a hundred miles away, or maybe. so, from here, and you know, so it literally was an hour later, and the storm was here, and uh, so all of a sudden, I'm like I didn't think the storm was supposed to get here until two or three o'clock, and uh, I I see the storm come through, I seeing these pines in my behind our house, you know, really just bend, and I I. You know, I start to see uh, just things the way they're going. And I tell tell Kristen, we need to get the kids in the basement. I tell my wife, we need to get the kids in the basement. And she goes, Daniel, just settle down. You're scaring the kids. And then I'm watching like branches snap and some trees fall. And I say, get the kids in the basement. (laughs) Uh, And, you know, you could just tell the severity of the storm. I booked it up to camp because we had a group here and I wanted to make sure everybody was in the building. And as I'm driving up to the lodge, there's, again, a, a line of pine trees uh, hugging the camp road as you go down to the pond from the main gate. And they were just leaning over. And I, I just, I remember just saying, please don't fall on me. Uh, made it up to the camp just fine. And then I think all three of us somehow got up here within a minute or two of that. We were all up here pretty quick. and
1: uh, Yeah, we managed to get up here before the road got closed <laughs> until <laughs> yeah. we managed to cut our way out Yeah, like eight hours later.
0: And I, I remember, you know, it, it lasted a good half hour. It wasn't just a quick, you know, wind gust and burst that knocks some trees over. I mean, it was a solid half hour of of significant wind and storm. I remember Dylan and I were just here at the entry. We were trying to, again, gauge how bad it is because sometimes you just don't know. And it was really strange because it's just heavy winds and you don't see them sustained like this for so long. I remember seeing a branch off the top of the... uh uh, out by where the dumpster is, and it, the b- branch, it was a big branch, it snapped off. And that tree is about 50, 60 feet high at that point. But by the time it got to us over at the lodge, I swear it was about 80 feet in the air. It was only only getting uh, higher in the, in the sky. Um, yeah, so then, I mean, then we really, we walked. I remember us going around the building. We all went a separate way to see what the damage was. Mm-hmm. Uh, what was some of the damage that caught your eye right away?
1: Um, just the we have we had <laughs> had uh we had a tree that was by the walkway that goes down to Omega Lodge, and that tree became a hedge,
0: yeah. Essentially,
1: yeah. it got it was uprooted partially and had uh conduit exposed, and that was just like, pushed over like that's the first thing that you see. Um, because I, I got to walk around the backside of Omega. Uh, when I did check is just like just looking at the tree line and just seeing like big heavy limbs just missing or like, where'd this tree come from? Mm-hmm. Just a lot of that, a lot of that damage. And we had a lot of stuff on top of our well house too. Um, yeah, just a lot, a lot of tree damage it was pretty evident. And I remember thinking at the time, it's just like, this is, this is bad. Yeah. And then later, I got to see everywhere else. And, yeah. like, and then hindsight's like, eh, we, we were okay. Yeah,
0: right? I mean, any day, any day of the year, that's a bad deal. Um, and, and it was hard for us to gauge because, I mean, I, I suppose for a couple of weeks there, I said we had about 80 trees down around camp. And now that I've gotten to kind of venture out and see some other spots in the wood, I definitely think we're well in the 100 territory, probably 125 to 150 trees across our property that are just total goners. You can definitely see lots of, I mean, every tree seems to have damage or branches that are snapped and things like that. Um, You know, so it was really tricky to gauge how bad... You know, we had it compared to everybody else, but it, it certainly felt terrible. So I remember walking, Dylan and I walked to the shop to get like the gator and to get the uh, the tractor because um, after venturing out a little bit, we knew that the uh, road, the road was obviously closed in about mm-hmm. two or three places um, and uh, the, the significant trees were, were covering it and uh, especially at the Y down at the bottom of the hill. So if you can't make it out of that spot, you can't get out
1: anywhere, anywhere.
0: Yeah. And uh, obviously power, we'd lost power at this point, so we don't have any power. And we uh, became pretty evident real quick that, you know, we were going to have to send the group home. And uh, and so, but I remember getting up all the way up to our house, and I'd just seen the pine trees uh, at, the, at the entrance of the camp, uh, where the service road goes through there. It's a beautiful spot on camp. We lost about 15 trees in that spot. And... Just to see that, you know, because that's a feature of our camp. We have our natural beauty here. And, and, you know, not only do we love it, the people who come to camp love that spot. And to see to see it looking that way, it was just, it was devastating. I got into the house and I was just trying to tell my wife, okay, this is pretty bad. I just needed to take a moment. I just closed my eyes. <laughs> I don't think I cried. I might have shed a tear or two, but it was just like, you know, it's been a, it's been a tough year. You know, we had to this has been a challenging year to try to just get through the summer. And then this. And then you just see how many trees are down, how much destruction has kind of come through. And um and uh and then we went back out and it was still raining. The lightning stopped us from really getting a head start on a lot of the cleanup too. I remember that there, there were a couple of times where Dylan and I just froze because, you know, the lightning wasn't coming down to the ground, but it was just lighting up in the sky but it was it was really something it was quite a spectacle um, but that day we cleared up the road um we uh we were able to get the group out i think around six o'clock they left 6 30
1: yeah it was at 6 30
0: and Wait. uh and then yeah we that's just crazy to think of all this you know the next day we we put a call out for help right away because we knew we were going to need help to get this place cleaned up and uh, lo and behold, the next day—I mean, how many people came out?
1: I want to say about fifteen?
0: Yeah, about fifteen. That first day That sounds about right.
1: Yeah. I
0: mean, I, I struggled to think of everybody who came out, but we're definitely—we definitely needed it because there was a lot to clean up. We had to open up the camp's infrastructure. Basically, um, you know, there was so much debris everywhere. We had nowhere to get it, anywhere, and so we had to clear out the camp roads and make sure that they were fully open open up the the service road to be able to get the uh the debris out to the
1: pastures which are
0: a little overwhelmed right now with uh tree brush
1: yeah we got some uh great bonfires planned for this winter (laughs) as soon as we can get some snow to stick around
0: we should look and see if we can find like super big marshmallows on like amazon or something like that (laughs) and get one on like a uh, make like a, like a four by four or something with one yeah, of the Yeah, we're going to need,
1: we're going to need to get some distance between us and our marshmallow. <laughs> I think so. Uh,
0: but we got plenty of firewood, you know, that's for sure. We're not going to worry about that. Um, but then, uh, you know, we, uh, we were able to get, we had help for a couple of days. I remember at the end of this, it was, it would have been the end of Wednesday. We were just beat. It had been a couple of really long days. And I think our physical exhaustion was just kind of setting in um after a few days there, and uh yeah, anything else you remember about that the storm to clean up here?
1: Well, I remember I was supposed to have that Tuesday off. Oh, <laughs> sorry about that um because I mean the tail end of summer camp is pretty much it's it's a marathon. um we had you know day camp, and we had some groups come out on the weekends in between uh the last couple of weeks of day camp so i was pretty much working uh for a good portion of pretty much every single day for the last like two and a half weeks of the summer and then daniel was telling me it's just like uh yeah take take a day or two off you know um after the horses leave and everything like that and this is like monday hits this is this like are right, just gonna get some stuff done so that way it's like no one has to like miss me for the next couple of days and then that hits and yeah. And then we worked harder, <laughs> like another two weeks, three weeks.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And it wasn't just Camp Ida Sika, you know, as a mission, uh, we were just primely placed to be able to serve those in need and help people out. And um, we ended up becoming kind of a disaster response hub for volunteers that came from all across the uh, country. Through a lot of them through the LCMS, uh, Lutheran Church Reserve Synod, and disaster response through our church body. And uh, what an amazing experience that was. I mean, it was a few really challenging weeks. I mean, you go through a week like we did after cleaning up, because it took us the week to really get everything Mm -hmm. open. But then even after that, I mean, we weren't ready for a lot of stuff. We power didn't come back until.
1: It that's was, Saturday, yeah, late Friday night I think. Late it Friday started. night, Saturday morning, something around
0: there. Saturday, my house didn't get until Saturday, so I mean, I we went f- essentially five full days and a little more without without any power. Now, a lot of people in the area certainly went longer, um, but uh, as soon as we were able to, uh, we started hosting volunteers that came from all around the country. Volunteers came from Alabama, North Carolina, Texas. Nebraska, Kansas, Missouri, Illinois, Wisconsin, Minnesota, of course Iowa um, as well. Did someone come from Washington? Yeah, 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 yeah. Ramsey came from Washington. Mm-hmm. That guy's awesome. Um, he had a, I believe he had a six foot bar
1: mm-hmm. uh, in his in his van that he came out with chainsaw taller than I was. Yeah, it was great. <laughs> was great.
0: Um, yeah, and it was a it was a wonderful thing to, to do and participate in. Um, you know, and we still even after those two weeks we coordinated a lot of uh disaster response and directly going out and scouting projects and then lining up those projects up for the crews to go and complete. Um and, you know, wow, to see the devastation, you know, I I, I got to go out as far as Bell Plain and, and into uh all, um you know, out past the Lisbon area, Stanwood area. I went out that way. Where were some of the places that you went?
1: Uh, we pretty much stuck around Cedar Rapids for my scouting. Um, went to a little bit of Robbins area, but that was pretty much the furthest I got when I was scouting stuff. When we were getting so many um, requests to have people uh, look at places, it's like you and I ended up splitting up. Yeah. In trying to take care of those things.
0: Well, the first day, yeah, like the first day I decided I didn't need somebody to drive. So I know this was your idea more so because I was driving it on the phone the whole time.
1: Well, it, it started that you just wanted me to come and help scout projects and stuff and have someone else there be with you to handle some things. And it got to a point where it's like you were getting a phone call at least every five minutes. Yeah. And we're driving around in really awful like stops stoplights in cedar rapids weren't working so everywhere was a four-way stop it was a standoff and it's like the brush was so thick that it's like you can't see around any corner so i was just thinking it's just like how about i drive undistracted (laughs) in this closest thing to a war zone i've probably been in as far as just environment and how about how about you do the communication stuff and you just tell me where i'm going yeah well, and ended up working out pretty well.
0: Yeah, well, because we ended up coordinating the district's response essentially, because you know they are they're up in Marion. Our district offices are in Marion for for our Iowa District East of the Lutheran Church Missouri Synod, and uh, you know th- their communications was down. They had no power there, and so they were unable to really you know coordinate this. And so we just ran it out of the camp, and. Um, Again, uh just one thing to highlight. If I if I think back on this, I just think of all those people that came number one from so far away uh and just what great people. Uh what wonderful servants um to bring equipment and gear and uh I'm just so humbled by all the work that they do, you know, in 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 this and and so, you know, we're hoping um, you know, if there's any, ever an opportunity again, you know, we can trust that Camp to Seek is going to try to do something, uh, to do our part, to help, because, uh, it's just a wonderful mission to go and serve people who have been, you know, who are impacted by this, this storm. And, you know, from there we were able to slowly and surely get cleaned up around here. Um, it took about a month, I think really of until we were kind of more or less back to able to host groups and, uh. You know,
1: I mean, yeah, you and you and I are running around, you know, the greater Cedar Rapids, Central Iowa area, and then being heroes and stuff like that. And then we got <laughs> Dylan, who was here, trying to coordinate getting camp cleaned up. Yeah, um, by himself with uh, people that were volunteering to come out here, yeah. he would just get them organized and it's like got stuff done here while we're running around helping everywhere else too. So well,
0: and you know there's two aspects of this there's the going out and 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 helping people and you know bringing volunteers there to help help them out and then there's the other aspect of we have to serve the volunteers and uh, we provided lodging and meals at no cost to them um, quite frankly people supported our effort to do that we we received donations and it went to making sure we could house and feed volunteers no volunteer came here and spent a dime uh, on Camp Ayoseka this whole time and even when we were done coordinating projects we still hosted groups uh, after that for several weeks i mean we had a week break i think because we had to get back to some other mm-hmm. events that we had scheduled that did happen um but uh but after that we um you know we got back to uh um we got back to uh oh, hosting volunteers yeah yeah hosting the volunteers and I mean, we had a group from Ohio, I think, and, you know, I can't remember where else everybody
1: came from. We had a pretty large group from Illinois come out for, was it just Saturday or was it a whole weekend? I think it was. Well, that was in the middle of it. Yeah. Some came out for the whole week and then some came out for Saturday. But yeah.
0: I think by the end of September, most of our efforts here had wrapped up and then we did have some regular things to get back to at camp. But uh, we're certainly staying tuned for ways in which we might be able to help out in the future, um, whether or not that's having a servant event and arranging volunteers to come stay at the camp at a week this spring. Because you know, I know that there's still lots to lots of work to be done and even lots of cleanup work to be done, and so it's possible that we could still be looking for volunteers going forward. So stay tuned about uh, stay tuned as to any efforts going forward about how you guys how you might be able to you know come to this area. Um, might be able to stay at Camp Ida Sika and uh, volunteer for an extended period of time. So, well, yeah, that was uh the craziness of those uh <laughs> the summer. Uh, I think
1: that brings us to September, <laughs> the end of September, maybe end of September.
0: Um, you know, so I think we're all a little tired at this point, but uh, it's been a long year, but you know, we we were able to host some retreats, I think, this fall. and. You know, it wasn't as busy. Fall is normally extremely busy time here at camp, but we were able to maybe once a week or at least every other week for sure mm-hmm. have something going on, um, and that was, a, that was a good comfort. It was nice to have some regularity, even though the groups might have been smaller or not as many. Uh, it was still a blessing, I think.
1: Yeah, it was, it was good to see the outdoor educations of the area Lutheran schools come out. Yeah. Because um, it was the first time we really had kids out here since uh summer camp ended so um but my position being is being it what it is um it's like i really like having the kids around yeah. so kind of going around being that person again for the couple days that they're out here was fun to do
0: yeah definitely
1: well so yeah here we are you know we're at the end of
0: what what has been an absolute roller coaster ride this year um you know, I got to say, I, I suppose if I look back and I can appreciate having more weekends off, more weekends off than I've ever had. Um, that's been wonderful. Um, I don't know, as you look back at the year, are there anything that you can just pick out and you highlight and say, hey, that was a, that was a silver lining or that was a blessing in disguise, I suppose, about 2020?
1: Well, it's like I kind of went from not having any experience with a chainsaw to... Feeling pretty confident with my ability to use the axe though i i mean i was i was a big big fan of using the axe um growing growing up on the farm um i didn't get to do this as often as my older brothers or my dad but it's like we'd split our own firewood and we'd use a wedge and a sledgehammer for that so it's like kind of the closest thing because it's like i was taught how to swing an axe so it's like that's what i like to do um I was still really happy that that one time you videoed me for the Instagram, I got that branch in one shot. One shot. Which did not inflate my ego at all.
0: (laughs) Nope. Nope it was brought down by that snowball fight though that we had in October, I tell you about.
1: I'm better I'm better in different circumstances. (laughs) We'll have a rematch. We'll have a
0: snowball fight rematch. If you're not following us on Facebook or Instagram, uh, we put a lot of you know odds and ends stuff about what we're doing. Uh, when there's not people out here, uh, and then the shenanigans we get into.
1: Yeah. Whether it be Daniel just looking at me and he's like, we should have a snowball fight while we're in the office or I'm just out walking my dog around the campgrounds and see something kind of interesting. It's just like the people should know. <laughs> and this, that's the kind of stuff we do with our uh, social media yep. outside of okay. news and announcements.
0: Well, uh, yeah, it's been a, it's been a roller coaster ride of a year, um, In many ways, I'm looking forward to hoping for the best for the next year. You know, I know that uh, there's a lot of promising news with the vaccine. I can tell everybody right now that we are committing to 2021. We are uh, looking forward to having as normal a summer camp as possible. Uh, We think we can do summer camp very safely going forward. Uh, We know that we implemented a lot of safety measures this year that kept us safe, kept our staff safe. We didn't have any COVID outbreaks uh, here at camp. We did a great job of being able to monitor camper health, staff health, and uh, and and do, do a good job of keeping people safe. And uh, we believe that this coming year, we're going to be able to continue to do more to keep everybody safe. And our plan right now is fully committing to the uh, 2021 uh, summer camp season, uh, including resident camp here at camp. So if you're wondering what we're going to do next year, um, you can uh, plan on that for for now we don't we don't anticipate that changing Uh, we think that even given the pandemic we should be able to to put on a safe and effective program and we think that especially for kids it's going to be an incredibly beneficial thing um next year i think that uh, we're going to see my hope is that we're going to see a lot of people who have been lacking an experience like summer camp can offer um you know and uh I, th- I think that's going to be a huge blessing for, for kids uh, all across Eastern Iowa here and and, and beyond. So we're really looking forward to to 2021, I suppose, for registration as far as opening. Uh, we might delay things just a little bit to develop the right kind of program. We're looking at, and uh, I talk about keeping people safe. It's not just the things that we do here behind the scenes, uh, you know, to make sure that we have all the safety equipment and gear and things but it's also you know scheduling how we're scheduling um, camps and weeks and sessions and all that kind of stuff and so we're looking to a lot of different ways to find out what is the best way that's going to allow us to do the most and keep people safe so rest assured that's what we're going to be doing for 2021 and there's no event announcements really right now other than that at the end of January is the schedule the IDE middle School retreat. and though it's not finished and finalized, we are looking forward to doing that. We are committing to that uh, to that uh, event. Um, whether it becomes a, a weekend event or just a one day event. Uh, we're looking forward to trying to get something together. Um, and so that's obviously subject to change. but uh, we're again, we've been able to do some retreats and we think you know we can do a good job of keeping people safe throughout those retreats. Uh, as well uh, capacity might be limited and that's that's very likely but uh, we think we can do a, a really good job with that so stay tuned for more information on that so well andrew it's been a it's been a year um i don't think i think we all, all both learned quite a bit uh this year
1: yeah i'm still waiting on that first normal year of being a full-time camp staffer yeah anywhere here otherwise like haven't had it yet yep. so i'm starting to think there is no such thing as a <laughs> normal year in uh camp work but you know what it, ma- it makes it interesting and you learn new stuff about things and yourself all the time
0: yep yep well you always keep learning and, and when we do camp and it's a huge blessing um you know i i know i've learned more about things than i care to know doesn't matter if it's dealing with the pandemic side of things or dealing with uh, storm relief and recovery, you know, those are other things that we got to participate in and and do quite a bit of this year. So, Uh, but with that, um, you know, that'll end our our episode uh, for this uh, time. I won't give a time frame (laughs) for when we'll return, but we are hoping to continue this a little more, uh, a lot more regularly uh, going through these quieter months of the year. Uh, to keep you inv- up to speed about what's going on here at Camp Ida Seca. So, with that, I'm Daniel. And I'm Andrew. And uh, you've been listening to the Campfire Chat. Y'all have a great one.
1: Merry Christmas.